Yo, what's up, y'all? Real quick before we get into the new pod, I just wanted to let y'all know that I will be launching my Twitch channel account this October. Yes, I will be doing live streams on Twitch this October. Uh, pretty much doing the same things I do on here, except it's live stream and I'll be able to interact with y'all more as well. Uh, over there, I'll be reacting to a lot of sports as usual, but also not just sports, a lot of other stuff too that may be entertaining. Um, and stuff that you men want to see me talk about and just other ways I can entertain y'all. Um, so yeah, I really plan on going hard on that. It's still as far as this too, but I really plan on, uh, doing that a lot. Um, the Twitch channel is that boy Davo. So B O I is boy and it's Davo D A V O. So T H A T B O I D A V O that boy Davo. Uh, so you can look me up on Twitch right now and you should be able to find me right now. I do plan on starting or the start date is October before the NBA season starts. So it will be around that time. Just keep me all posted. But whenever we're ready to go, you'll know I send a notification and then we're ready to go from there. So just want to make sure y'all tap in with me on the new things that's coming up. I'm really excited for it. And if you're interested and want to connect with me um, more and more closer and just want to see what I got going on, definitely go ahead and hit a follow on that and see what I have going. But without further ado, let's get into the new pod. Welcome back, everyone. How's everybody doing? Snowcat Radio. We back at it. Back with some more NFL topics. Yes, week three has just finished up in the NFL. Training camp for basketball for the NBA season just started either today or yesterday. I know media day was yesterday. But the fact of the matter is, is that it's a great time in the year to be a sports fan, you know what I'm saying, but we'll get into a whole lot of basketball later on, but we got week three of the NFL to recap, you know, uh, not going to do a whole lot of talking about all the teams, stuff like that, I just got a couple points I want to talk about, um, starting with number one, ladies and gentlemen, this just in, the Ravens need to cut the check, and trust me, they was complaining about the two, the two seventy dollar million guaranteed. Let me tell you something. By the end of this season, it might be three hundred. It might be three hundred. Three hundred, like Chief Keith. Because my God, the way Lamar Jackson is playing, I might have to reconsider my MVP choice. Might have to. Now, I'm not going to give up on Josh like that. I'm not going to give up on Josh. Josh is my guy. Lamar is my guy, too. But I said Josh was going to win the MVP before the season. I'm going to stick on that. But goodness gracious. Lamar has looked really good. Now, I tried to tell y'all. You know, I tried to tell y'all. And I always try to tell y'all. But the one thing I tried to tell y'all was that Lamar has been improving his passing every single year. You know what people said? 
Oh, I don't see it. I don't see it. Every time it was time for, every time Lamar Jackson would be talking about talking about a contract, dudes would be like, well, he got to improve his passing if he want to get paid big money. Well, if you look at the numbers, his passing numbers improved every year. Passing rating goes up every year. Yards per pass goes up every year. But y'all don't pay attention, though. Y'all don't pay attention like I pay attention. All you hear is, oh, he got to show us. Well, he's showing y'all so far. He's an improved, and he's he's really improved pocket pass this year. I'm really impressed for what I'm seeing. I mean, besides the numbers, the numbers speaks for the numbers speaks for themselves. Obviously, he's averaging over eight yards per pass. That's a career high for him. Uh, his completion percentage, I believe, is right above 65. Um, and then, of course, he's number one in pass touchdowns, number one in passing rating right now. So he has the highest passing rating right now, and he's fourth in rush TDs. So, basically, in every single passing statistic besides passing yards, which he's not far from, he's leading the league. The Ravens, for some reason, have just refused to give Lamar his money. And the thing about the NFL is, when you wait to pay, you pay more, eventually. It's just like Fat Joe said, yesterday's price is not today's price. The better Lamar plays, the higher his contract goes, for two reasons. Number one, Players have certain things on their contract that they're playing for. The more they achieve, the more money they demand. For example, some players may say, oh, if you improve your, if you throw for 10 more touchdown passes, we'll give you a bonus, right? Small stuff like that. The thing for a player like Lamar, outside of last year, because he was injured, He sets career highs and breaks his own records every single year. So the more he does, he's always going to ask for more money than he did last time because he's like, yo, this is where I was last year. I have improved and gotten better. Now I want this. The other point of view is you got quarterbacks who are getting paid around the league a lot of money every offseason. We just saw Kyle Murray... um, get what I think he Murray got like 230 it's not fully guaranteed we saw Deshaun get 230 fully guaranteed and he missed a whole season of playing so and Deshaun is not better than Lamar Jackson I mean we, we just gonna start that running straight I don't know if, I'm, I don't know if anybody is willing to disagree but I think everybody listening to this knows that Deshaun is not better than Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson is the MVP of this league. So you got Deshaun, who is making two, 230 million guaranteed, fully guaranteed. Don't even get me started about the other bums making money in the NFL, the Kirk Cousins, and uh, uh, I, the list is long. Oh yeah, Russell Wilson just got paid as well. So. Lamar's looking at that like, yo, so if Deshaun is getting 230 
guaranteed, fully guaranteed, there's no reason why I shouldn't be getting at least 270. Obviously, the Ravens, they didn't want to pay. And then they, and obviously, we heard before the season started that, you know, the, the talks of the contract extension had stopped. And the Ravens came out and put a statement out saying that they wasn't willing to give him the 270 million guaranteed. Now, a lot of people were like, oh my gosh, why would he ask for so much money? Like, oh, I, why would he ask for so much money? He hasn't even won a Super Bowl, hasn't even taken Ravens to the Super Bowl. Everybody knows that once you pay a quarterback, you're doomed to lose. First of all, number one, Lamar hasn't even hit his peak yet. Clearly, clearly, we already seen. Lamar has not hit his peak yet. Number two, the Ravens have consistently stalled contract extensions for Lamar. Lamar is putting himself at risk by playing these football games, risking injuries. We saw last year, the reason why the Ravens didn't get to the playoffs was because Lamar was injured. So Lamar is like, yo, I'm putting myself in danger by playing out here without a new contract because y'all are being petty for some reason. So therefore, every single season, the price will continue to go up because it'll be another year Lamar plays a season with the risk of being hurt while also improving his stats. Now, coming into this year, Lamar is putting up these great numbers. What happens when Lamar wants another MVP? What happens if the Ravens get the number one seed? What's their on pace to do? What happens if the Ravens actually get to the AFC Championship game? Maybe to the Super Bowl, because ladies and gentlemen, offensively, they're looking very strong. Mark Andrews, we know what he does, but after they ship Hollywood Brown, Bateman, who clearly looks like the number one, he's picked off where Hollywood left off. Still got Duvernay. So, as the Ravens continue to improve, as Lamar continues to improve, the price will go up. And, like I say, don't be surprised if Lamar comes in this offseason asking for 300 But if you're the Ravens, this is what you set yourself up for. That's why you bite the apple and you pay him early. So you don't have to pay him so much. Look at what Cincinnati did with Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow finished his second year last year. They already gave him the money. Why? Because they know Joe Burrow, because they know if you don't pay him now, you either let him walk, trade him, or you overpay. Now, $300 million guaranteed is a lot of money. But in the case of Lamar Jackson, you can never overpay him because of what he brings to your football team. But if you're the Ravens, you'll put yourself in, in your position anyways because you wasn't willing to pay him from the jump. If you was willing to pay him for the jump when all these other guys was getting their contracts, they wouldn't have no problem. They did the same thing with Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco wanted a contract extension before the Super Bowl year that wasn't willing to give it to him. He comes back next year with the Super Bowl. Now you paying him $40 million. We all know Joe Flacco don't deserve $40 million as a quarterback. But that's what happens when you wait and your team has success and your player gets better. So now the Ravens are going into the ops. Already, the Ravens are going into the ops 
offseason knowing that they have to pay significantly more than what they wanted to because you declined the 270. Now Lamar out here looking like an MVP. Your team is looking great. And I mean, guys, I hope y'all watching these games because Lamar, he's just slicing and dicing. If it wasn't for the defensive miscues in the game versus Miami, we will be sitting here 3-0. Or the Ravens will be sitting here 3-0. Lamar has thrown, I believe Lamar has thrown over, and again, I'm not completely sure, but I believe Lamar has thrown for at least 280 in every single game so far this year. I mean, like I said, he's got the most passing TDs, he has the highest completion percentage, and he has the fourth most touchdowns. Again, this is a guy who people say couldn't throw. But I've seen the improvement from last year. I've seen the improvement ever since the his rookie year and his MVP year. But dudes weren't paying attention. They just act like stuff. They, they just act like it wouldn't happen. So now, again, the Ravens are gonna have to make some decisions because you somebody gonna pay him. Cause somebody's gonna pay him. It's either gonna be the three hundred guaranteed from y'all, or somebody else gonna get him. So, if you're the Ravens, you got big decisions to make this offseason. But, again, you walked yourself right into this trap. So, congratulations. It's looking like you're going to have to be paying $300 million guaranteed, fully guaranteed for Lamar Jackson. Uh, moving on. We obviously had the Bucks face-off versus the Packers last Sunday. Um, again, like I said, the Bucks don't look too great. And I know that they have a lot of injuries. Obviously, Mike Evans was suspended, so he didn't play. But, like I said last week, Tom Brady is not at the place no more where he can take the fifth rounders, the undrafted guys, and elevate them, right? That's why he left the Patriots to come to Tampa. So, I understand that Brady does not have the weapons he usually has. However, let's not act like Brady is out there playing with a bunch of scrubs. You know, you know who is playing with a bunch of scrubs? That would be Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is playing with a bunch of undrafted rookies, plus a Lazard. So I don't really want to hear an excuse for Tom Brady. Now, what Tom Brady gets together, yes, is Brady. The offensive struggles won't last for that long. But, however, we have to acknowledge that even when Mike Evans was in, even when Chris Godwin was in, even when Julio was in, they didn't look, it, it wasn't like they looked like a powerhouse. I mean, I guess that Dallas team, yes. Dallas is a great defense, but dudes are just making it seem like, oh my gosh, like the 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 Buccaneers, they losing all these pieces, like they finna be going down. Like, bro, let me break this down to you, right? Even when, even through all the struggles in that Green Bay game, they still had a chance to win the game. On the goal line. 
at the two-point conversion. They had a chance to win the game on the goal line. First of all, I don't know what in the world Tom Brady was thinking on that delay of game. Why are you trying to move, do audibles and uh, move players around when the clock is running down? And now, it's not like, oh, he didn't know the clock was going down. First of all, you at the goal line. The, the, uh, the, the clock is right in front of your face. Like, it's right in your face. You literally can't escape it. It's, you're at the goal line, right? He's trying to move uh, some receivers, do some type of stuff. Then he's trying to move uh, Leonard Fournette at the last minute. I'm like, bro, just take the ball. Like, at this point, you know, okay, dudes don't know what they... And even if it's the case that, okay, some dudes don't know what they're doing. First of all, honestly, I think that's what, I think they should just ran the ball. If that's the case, if you're going to run the ball, why are you moving the receivers around? If you're going to run the ball, just hand it to Leonard Fournette and, and walk in. But clearly, I don't think they were trying to run the ball, which is why he was trying to get guys, move guys, this and that. At that point, you just got to hide the ball and live with the results. Because the clock is running down. You don't have timeouts. Dudes don't know what they're doing. So you might as well just hike the ball and live with the results. You at the goal line. So might as well. But you take the you take the uh, the penalty. Back you up five yards. Now you're at the seven. You throw it. It's an under... Well, I mean, the pass... It wasn't a bad pass. It was just a great tip by Campbell. I think it was Campbell who took the pass. But offensively, the Bucks had so many miscues. I mean, they're, they're ranked, what, 20? I think they're 25th or 26th ranked offensively? Like, the Jets have put up better numbers than Tampa Bay so far this year. I mean, it's ridiculous. I don't understand, you know, what's been going on offensively. Again, and people, you can point at the injuries. You can point at guys being out. But at the end of the day, you still have Tom Brady. The same list that I see the Tampa Bay is ranked 25th or 26th offensively. I see Green Bay, Green Bay remaining in the top 10. And who is, who is Aaron Rodgers playing with? Please, somebody tell me. Please, somebody tell me who Aaron Rodgers is playing with. Because the only person I know is Lazard, Lazard and the tight end. And, of course, Aaron Jones. I don't know who else is on Green Bay. And yet, they're still a top 15 offense so far. They're ranked 12th. So, when I hear people say, oh, well, you know, Brady's playing with a bunch of guys who were picked up from the street and all this, da-da-da-da, I'm like, well, look look what Aaron Rodgers is playing with. Outside of that first game against the Vikings, Aaron Rodgers has been doing his thing. The last three, the, um, the last two games, he's thrown for 489 yards, four touchdowns, one pick. His overall rating is, is one, 117. 
and its completion percentage is 72%. Aaron Rodgers is making the most out of what he has right now. He's taking lemon and making lemonade. Like I said, after that first game versus the who they played, the Vikings, I was not worried at all. I was not worried at all because I knew I was like, bro, as time goes on, Rodgers will get this group going. They looked good against Chicago coming in this game. They looked good against Tampa and they could have done a lot of things better. They only put up 14 points, right? They only put up 14 points. Tampa Bay has a really good defense, but they only they scored on those first two drives looked really good. I was like, okay. And they could have scored again if Aaron Jones didn't fumble. Because that was really the last time they went to the red zone. But I knew for a fact Aaron Rodgers would beat these guys on track. No biggie. They'll win the division again. And to me, this is a big win for him. It's a big win not only for Rodgers, but for this team. You give these young guys confidence. They go into Tampa Bay, get a win. You could have moved the ball a little bit better, but those first two drives of the game was big was big. It's going to give this group confidence for the rest of the remainder of the season because that game against Tampa, especially those first two drives, was big for those young guys, big for Lazard, big for Rodgers, big for the play calling to do that against that defense, to come out the gate and just give it to them like that. It's a really good sign. And sooner than later, Aaron Rodgers will have this Green Bay Packers team right where they need to be, right back in the playoffs. Now, will they go deep in the playoffs? I don't know. I have my doubts. It's a lot of NFC. It's a lot of teams in the NFC that I like better than Green Bay. But as far as winning the division, come on now. The same division that has Kirk Cousins and Jared Goff, Justin Fields is good, but he's on a horrible team. But you telling me that Kirk Cousins is going to to outdo Rodgers for the best team in that division? Please. Whoever thinks that is smoking Krenak. Yo, first of all, I ain't heard nothing about Kirk Cousins after that first week. After he beat Aaron Rodgers. Because you know what he's been doing after that? Trash. They was down to Detroit big time last Sunday. But, I mean, they came back and win. Props. But we just not finna ignore the fact that y'all was down in Detroit. Like, we just not finna push that aside. Like, oh, yeah. But they came back, though. No. Y'all was down to Detroit. Y'all had no... You have no business being down to Detroit. You looked horrible against the Eagles. So, no. I do not believe that Rodgers will not win a division. I have every confidence in the world that Rodgers will win the division again despite the lack of talent he has offensively. So, moving on. And to the last thing, y'all don't y'all don't know how much talking, ignorance, and just flat out delusional views and whatever. I've been dealing with delusional Cowboys fans 
for the last eight to nine days. I've been dealing with Cowboys fans who have called Cooper Rush the savior of the Cowboys. I've been dealing with, with Cowboys fans who are saying in Rush, we trust. After one game. After one game. Now, it's not that I have a problem with them being so high on Cooper Rush. Because he is pretty straight. What I have a problem with is them ditching Dak like this. Because it's not like Dak has done absolutely nothing for the Dallas Cowboys. Has he stuck up the joint a lot of times? Yes. Has he come up short a lot of times? Yes. Is he worth the $40 million that he's getting paid? Or I believe it's 38. I don't know. I believe it's 40 though. Is he worth the contract that he's being paid? No, he does not. But let's not act like Dak is Kirk Cousins or something. Like, he's won you the division multiple times, brought you to the playoffs multiple times, and it's actually, he has a win under his belt. There's a lot of quarterbacks in the league who can't say that they won a playoff game. So, let's just put that out there. But, Cowboys fans are so delusional. A backup quarterback can come in and win two games, and they think he's a savior. Now, granted, again, like I said last week, I give Cooper Rush credit for where it's due. He made plays against the Bengals, and he made plays against the Giants. And to be honest with you, he looked better versus the Giants. He he made some really good throws. Think about Cooper Rush is he really doesn't make bad decisions like that. He's not really a bad decision maker. He made some good throws. Yeah, went out there, did what he's supposed to do. Had the great pass to CD Lamb, did his thing. My only thing is, let's calm down. You played a Bengals team that's clearly not as good as last year. So far, at least. So far, not as good as last year. You come back the next week and you playing Daniel Jones. Bro, Daniel Jones has never won a, a primetime game in his life. Daniel Jones might be... Bro, Daniel Jones might be worse than Baker. Maybe. The only reason why I say maybe is because Baker can't scramble like Daniel Jones. Because Daniel Jones, he got some wheels on him. I ain't gonna lie. He can run the ball a little bit. He can get out of trouble. He does that a lot, though, because the New York offensive line is horrendous. They drafted Evan Neal, and he out there looking like, I don't know what. He out there looking like he's not supposed to be out there. Because he getting ran over people doing all type of stuff to him. I'm like, yo, you was a first-round pick, right? And dudes out here treating you like you a, like you a toddler or something? Like, what's going on? So, Daniel Jones, he played decent, but it's Daniel Jones. What do you expect? They're gonna anytime it's a game and Daniel Jones is playing, it's a guaranteed loss. So I can't give you too much credit for beating the Giants. You playing Daniel Jones? What do y'all want me to do? Y'all want me to give him credit like he just beat. Aaron Rodgers or something. Like, he outdoing Aaron Rodgers, bro. He outdoing Daniel Jones, bro. Like, come on, bro. Let's be, let's come down to reality. You play the Bengals team that's not as good as last year. 
Okay, he made good plays to give him the field goal. Yes. You come at the next game. You play even better. But it's against the Giants. It's against Daniel Jones. I don't understand for the life of me. I don't understand why his name is Danny Dimes. It got to be just because it sounds good. Because if we make a list of players who have nicknames and who absolutely don't deserve those nicknames, he is on the list. He might be top two, and he's probably not two. I don't understand why his name is Denny Dimes. I have yet to see this man throw a complete dime. Last night, he was straight. But again, of course, it's a loss. The whole New York offense relies on one Saquon Barkley. Right? Who I actually, I thought they was going to win the game after he had that 36-yard run touchdown. I was like, yo, Josh Max did win the game. Then... Cooper Rush came out of the field. 75 yards. Dot, 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 dot. Right to CeeDee Lamb. I'm like, okay. Now, see, that's something I, I, that was what I was pressing about. It's because right after New York scored, Cooper Rush came right down the field and scored. That was impressive. But it's almost so much credit I can give you when you're playing against the freaking Giants. You're playing against Daniel Jones. Next week or this Saturday... They play the Commanders. They so bad they had to change their name. They changed their name to a name that's even worse. The Commanders. Like, they don't even sound cool. Like, you playing against the Commanders with Carson Wentz? That's an easy dub. And again... To me, the real test is against LA. They play LA after the Commanders, and I believe it's in LA too. So that'll be a real test to see, you know. But I think Dak is supposed to come back anyways. Well, at least he's trying to. Hey, look, if I'm Dak Prescott, I'm gonna. If I'm Dak Prescott, I'm taking first team reps tomorrow. <laughs> I'm taking them reps tomorrow, yo. I can't have this man coming into my job, bro. Like, because the team is riding with him. The, the team, the fans, even Jerry Jones is like, you know what? I wouldn't mind a quarterback controversy. Like, bro, okay, we get that. You, you, you the owner, but you're not really the coach, though. So that's not really your decision, though. So the whole point is, let's relax on Mr. Cooper Cup. I mean, Cooper Rush. He's playing well. But let's not just act like he's out here playing, you know, the, the OA Ravens or something. Like, bro, he's done his job. He's done what a, what, a, what a backup is supposed to do, which is come in, manage the game, do anything to get the win. But people are treating him like a starter. Do I believe Cooper Rush will get an opportunity after this? Oh, absolutely. I definitely believe next year he'll be a starter somewhere. But... That's not where he is right now. Until he comes out and wins a big-time game, that's when I'll give him credit. Because I'm like, all right, I can't continue to ignore you winning games and you playing well. I give you credit for taking care of business versus these teams that you should have been doing. But let's see a real test. They play play, uh, LA next Sunday. Let's see what he does then, all right? But, of course talking to a Cowboys fan is the equivalent of trying to get a, a, a bad dog to listen to you. Like, it's just not going to happen. It's just, it's just they, they are not going 
to come down to earth. Now, some will, but for the most part, they're not trying to hear nothing. You talk to the Cowboys fan right now, they'll tell you that Cooper Rush is the next coming of Troy Aikman. I'm just being honest. So, all this in Rush, we trust. Let's see how long that lasts, okay? But, um, yeah, that's going to pretty much do it. Uh, again, week two review. Next week, a lot of good games. So, we'll see what's going on. NBA season is upon us. So, hey. A lot of episodes of the pod, a lot of new content on Twitch, all that is coming up next. But I'll catch y'all later. See y'all in the next one. Peace out. I have trouble.